my God! Okay, it's happening. You said that I'd be conducting the interview. Hey, Everybody, stay calm. I'm here, so I won't get fined. I'm gonna take my talents to the best sports podcast on 27th Street with your host, Little Pablo from 27. Hey, that's me. This is the podcast. Episode four. Here we are. Sorry, by the way, about last week. Uh, there were some situations that I had to go through. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Times a trillion, billion, million. I, I just kind of went one, two, and three down that list. But thank you so much, everybody, for the transparency. Thank you so much for the support. Um, great to have this guest on with me for this week for episode four. I was excited. I know you guys are as big as fantasy football nuts as I am. So without further ado... Episode four of the podcast. This week's guest is the current analyst on DirecTV's Fantasy Zone, a writer at the Athletic Four. Guess what? Fantasy football. And he started his career not in not in sports, not in writing, but he was a country music DJ. Ladies and gentlemen, once again from DirecTV's Fantasy Zone and the Athletic, James Coe. What's up, James? <laughs> What's up, man? What an introduction. I feel like I'm I'm walking onto a set of a of, of a late night talk show. This is great. I love. It. Hey man, you know what? I I love doing that stuff, and uh, it's it's well deserved. It's well deserved. And once again, James, thank you uh, for being on the show. Super excited to have you. And uh, I've talked to a few people. They were excited to hear that we're doing a fantasy football episode. Yeah, man. Look, it's um. I don't know, man. It's my life. You know, it's uh. It's something that I've been doing for the past. Jeez, uh, I don't know. At, at least twenty years. You know, so. Um, to be able to get paid to do this is kind of a surreal, still, despite the fact that I've been doing it for, you know, four or five years now, it's just uh, such a surreal thing, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, even when I got in this business, I never thought, I literally never thought, yeah, you know, I could talk about fantasy football for a living. Like I never, (laughs) ever thought that that would be the case. All right. Well, so in your intro, in the intro that I just had for you, James, you said you were a country music DJ. So how did you do that switch from country music <laughs> DJ to fantasy football analyst to the fantasy uh, guru? I want to let people know, by the way, fantasy it's guru. So funny. James Co. Well, it's, I feel weird saying fantasy guru because you know what? There is a there's a fellow on my show on the DirecTV Fantasy Zone um, who has been there for. I mean, he was there since day one, and his his handle is the fantasy guru uh it's john hansen the fantasy guru and i think he even has a i think he even has a website called fantasyguru.com perfect guy super knowledgeable this guy puts in all the work and man he's he's an absolute beast and a big player in the fantasy football community um but getting back to your question man talking about you know how did i go from point a to point b um it's been uh, when you get on this road man it's a it's a zigzag you know um but i knew i wanted to do sports and so I'm sending my tape around to various radio places. That's the other thing. I never really, I, I mean, when I first started, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be on television and, like, talk about stuff. It's like, wasn't really like that, actually. I started off much smaller. I was just like, oh, it'd be really cool if I could do radio, you know, because I'm like, you know, I like radio. I like sports talk radio. I like listening to the radio in terms of sports, you know. Um and, you know, whatever, I, I was like, oh, you know, I, I think I've got a pretty decent voice for radio. So, yeah, I wanted to do radio. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, like I, I put my tape together and 
and and then I sent it around, and the first place that got back to me was this little place in you know north central Montana, and um, and they called me up and they said, hey, we got your tape or whatever. Like, would you be interested in moving out here? And I was like, yeah, sure, hundred um, percent. As long as I could do sports, sure. And they're like, yeah, you could do like high school football and basketball. Um, you know, we'll, and we'll give you a little, you know, sports airtime on the, on the weekends and stuff, but you also have to be our morning, early morning country music DJ. <laughs> and I started laughing and I started, I, I was like, and I told the guy, I'm like, um, okay, that's great. I would love to take this job, but full disclosure, I don't know anything about country music. And the guy, the guy says to me, listen, can you learn it? Uh, and I was like, yes. And he's like, well, do you know how to press play? And I was like, yes. And he's like, well, then that's all that matters. I'll see you in two weeks. So I was like, all right, great. And, you're <laughs> and that's from... what happened. Oh, I was coming from I was coming from San Francisco at the time, man. <laughs> just like it was just country fans out in San Fran. I, you know what's funny? There actually are. San Francisco has uh, a very diverse, as you can imagine, very diverse population. But, dude, there are a lot of country. But I was not one of them. Okay. Let me just, you know what I'm saying? I was not one of those dudes, man. I'm like, what? Okay. I was like, I, I know of some people. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, I guess I could do it. I, I don't know. Anyways, I just packed up my Honda uh, with, with whatever would fit in there, and I just drove my ass out from San Francisco to, to Montana. Well, hey, uh, it seems like there's a lot going on for you, too. By the way, recent news for you and the Athletic. Congratulations to that. I know that we we had talks right when you were on the verge of the direct TV role. So that was awesome yeah. nice to get to see you make that transition uh, past the NFL Network, which you were at for years, and then moving on to direct TV's Fantasy Zone. That was super awesome. And then to see the addition of the Athletic, how has that experience been going so far? It's great, man. You know, when I was at when I was at NFL Network, um, it was such a an ideal place for me because you know, for those of for those folks who have followed my work, you know, I did a lot of television work. That's that's how I got paid. But and then I volunteered myself to do a podcast, and then I volunteered myself um, to to write as well. And I and I remember and I remember you know approaching my editor um, about it. And I was like, hey, I want to write, um, and I want to write about fantasy. And he's like, uh, what do you mean? And I was like, no, nah, like, I want to write columns. And he's like, why? <laughs> I'm like, what? And I'm like, why not? Um, I'm like, I don't know. I, I just enjoy writing. And he's like, uh, well, you know we're not going to pay you for that. Like, we're not going to pay you more for that. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I was like, I just want to write. And he's like, you do? And I was like, yeah. Uh, and he's like, all right, well, I got to run this up the flagpole, see if it's cool. And I was like, all right, cool. And then, so then he gets back to me like a week later and he's like, okay, so like for real, it's like you're, you you want to write and you're okay with not getting paid extra on it. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's all good. I just want to write. Um, and it was the same thing for the podcast. You know, the podcast was the same thing. They, they kind of approached me about doing the podcast. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do the podcast. I, I would love to do a podcast. And they're like, yeah, unfortunately we can't. I was like, it's, a, it's all good. I don't need to get paid for it. I just like doing it. You know, so it's all good. Um, and it was a great spot for me because I could do all three, you know, a television, podcasting, and, and writing. And I was the only person at, at NFL Network that did that. Um, and it was fun. It was great, man. It was fun. It was like, you know, one of those things where it, like, really satisfied my, my creative itch. 
Um, so, you know, when the network and I, we parted ways, that was one of the things that was really difficult for me was like, I was like, Oh man, you know, obviously, you know, kind of getting away from the folks that, you know, that I had really grown accustomed to, to working with and really loved working with. Uh, but you know, just getting that kind of that creative side just kind of ripped away for me too. was kind of, was really painful, man. So I was really itching to get back. Um, and write again. So, you know, you know, I, I, a friend of a friend of a friend, you know, put me in contact with them and um, one thing led to another and, and boom, there you go. They're like, hey man, we read your work actually at NFL.com and we love it. So, uh, we, the, you know, they're like, we'd, we'd love to have you come aboard The Athletic and, and do that for us. So, Co-nose, baby. Co-nose. baby, let's go. <laughs> so we got we to get t-shirts made for that and then, and then we'll get t-shirts made and we'll have it at AJ's convention next year in Atlanta. I think I think this is this is prime. This is prime. And so going back to well, actually talking about how James and I are kind of acquainted. Of course, uh, James and I know each other through the Asian American Journalists Association, which actually a few of uh, my past guests have also been part of the organization. Great friends of mine. James and I actually knew each other or were uh, were acquainted. I believe it was April. So I had applied for a scholarship for AJA, and I remember I was sitting in my parents' house. I was just watching TV, and I, I get this call from uh, the SoCal area, and I'm just trying to think. I'm like, who the heck is calling me right now? And, and I pick it up every time, too. And I will say this. Every time it's a number that's not in my um, address book, I'll always just put, oh, this is Pablo. And James uh, answers. Yeah, James, I remember you said, you're like, Pablo, this is James Coe from the NFL Network. How are you? And I kid you not, on the other side, I'm just like, oh, uh, I'm good. Hey, James, uh, how's, how's it going? He's like, hey, yeah, man, I'm just, uh, I'm one of the uh, the judges for the AJ Scholarship. And by the way, too, just to say this right now, James, I'm just like, you know, pretending, even though no one can see me right now recording this, you know, I just have like my, my hand right up against my face pretending that I'm having a phone. I don't know why I'm acting like this. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, James, James, like, hey, uh, Pablo, yeah. So I'm a judge for the AJ scholarship you applied for, and I gotta say, you know, James, I, I'll just, uh, I'll keep it short. James, though, it w- gave me some incredible advice and gave me that positive reinforcement that this was an industry that, you know, I, I have so been so 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 passionate about this, you know, since I was a kid. And James just reaffirmed that, you know, based on the enthusiasm. I don't want to get too much into the the comments there, but long story short, James, I want to actually get to tell you this. Thank you so much for that call because that that meant so much. One, to get that call out of the blue, and two, to see where we're at right now is is just incredible. So I want to say thank you for those amazingly kind comments that you got to pass along that way. Oh man, it's uh, it's my pleasure, man. And and I'll just fill in some of the gaps, but you know, I had uh, I was doing some judging or whatever for the scholarship, and um, and you know, the 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 applicants were were so strong, but uh, there weren't a lot of like broadcast candidates, right? So I'm like, all right, that's cool. So check it out. And and for those folks listening, man, like you have to understand, I've seen hundreds of tapes. Um, I'm a tape junkie. Like I just I just like watching tapes just randomly. Uh, people send me tapes and like, hey, we, I mean, I, and like, I've seen, I've seen, 
Uh, I mean, I'm probably exaggerating here, but I don't know. I, I feel like I've seen probably at least like 150 or more tapes, right? So it's like, and so I see this kid's tape, and it just it jumps out to me, and it really reminded me a little bit of of myself because I'm this super, you know, exuberant dude uh, on air, and it, you know, the thing is, not everyone like likes that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but anyways, I really saw something there and, uh, it was a little, little wacky. It was a little, you know, uh, it's definitely was not your cookie cutter dude. Um, and so when I saw it, I was like, man, I'm like, I'm vibing with this, man. I, I really see a lot of potential here to the point where, you know what? Like, I know how difficult this business can be and how difficult it can be to find a job. Um, a lot of people just don't make it because, they just don't stick with it. Um, it has nothing to do with talent or whatever it is. The people who, who move on, I mean, you know, a lot of it's just perseverance. And, uh, you know, I just want to, I just gave you a call because I'm like, hey, like, I just want you to know, like, stick with this because, dude, you've got some real potential. Um, and that's just all I wanted you to know was that, like, I really, I really think you could do some things in this business, but you got to stick with it. Um, and so a lot of people really get frustrated uh, in this business. And, and look, man, like I'm not trying to sit here and say it's a hard business or whatever. It's like I'm, I get it. Like I'm, play, I'm getting paid good money to go talk about talk about sports, talk about fantasy football, those type of things. But you gotta understand too. In my line of work, I don't get a lot of positive <laughs> comments, a lot of positive reinforcement. Ninety percent of my interactions with people are of the negative variety, right? So like. You know, um, I'm very aware of that and very cognizant of that. So, like, when there are other broadcast professionals, uh, and even for someone like yourself, Pablo, that's you're not necessarily a professional as of yet, but somebody who's trying to break in, mm-hmm. I always try to share positive words of encouragement um, on things that I think are good, you know? Now, that being said, if there's somebody who I think is not very good, it's not like I'm just going to blow smoke up their ass. It's just... You know, I do try to find good things and tell people to focus on those good things. But that—that's basically where I was, where I was coming from. Was like it, it really was like, oh wow, this kid can actually do some stuff. Because listen, man, listen, man, I have seen a lot of terrible tapes. I have seen a lot of bad tapes in my day, uh, but this one was not one of them, and it, and it really stuck out to me as being one of the better tapes that I had seen from from a student. So I was very impressed. And I just wanted to let you know that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, like I said, that call really, really made my day. Uh, I can't remember specifically, you know, what else I was going through that day necessarily. It might have just been a normal day, but to get that call just out of the blue was amazing. And the other thing, too, I remember you were, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, you were, you, you hadn't even made it home yet. I, I remember, too, you're like, hey, Pablo, I just want to let you know, too, like, I'm also I'm also on the I five because like I knew that I needed to call you right away. So I'm on the I'm on the expressway on the Interstate five, uh, just sitting through traffic right now. And I thought that was hilarious, um, and, and it's it was just that was a small thing that came to me. Talking about though too, you know James, I want to pass some positive reinforcement onto your end, especially with the recent work that you've been doing at the Athletic. One article or one piece of an article that I want to really dig. Dig down or dig in and appreciate is your analysis of Kiki Cody, uh, <laughs> Kiki Kute or Kiki Kute. Yeah. I'm sorry if he's listening to this Let's podcast. Go. I'm, butch- I'm butchering. I'm butchering names. 
I'm butchering names, but <laughs> James, the man, the myth, the legend. I don't know if we can call you Fantasy Guru right now, so maybe we can come up with a, a nickname at the end of the show. Uh, something similar to it, maybe like Wizard or something like that. We'll, we'll figure it okay. out. We'll figure it out. I like it. I like it. But it's in in Kiki Kute's, right? Kute, is it? Did I say it right? Yes, Kute, oh, yes. Thank God. All right, Kiki Kute, in his analysis, <laughs> when he blew up against Dallas, James uh, puts in so uh, many Drake references. I'm going to read this whole thing. I'm going to read this whole bit. And, and tell tell us at home um, how yes. many you hear. How many references? How yes, many how many references, references? So here we go. If I can get my feelings, or I'm sorry, I've already messed it up. If I can get in my feelings for a moment, I love what Kiki brings to the Houston Texans offense. A five foot ten speedy slot receiver out of Texas Tech, Kute can go for zero to a hundred real quick. Having posted a four point four three forty yard dash, so maybe it was God's plan. But the Texans have potentially found a gem in uh, Kute. I, I keep wanting to say a different way of his name. Who is able to work as an inside receiver while also possessing the deep speed necessary to connect on big plays. It's a skill set that should mesh perfectly with Deshaun Watson, because despite having DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller running nonstop on the outside. It's been forever since the Texans have had anything close to a usable inside pass catcher. Maybe I'm just not being nice for what, but tight end, <laughs> but tight end has been a carousel, and the running backs have not been terribly reliable in the past game either. Well That's done. Wrong. Well Thank done. Thank you. As, <laughs> I, as actually, I'm reading this again. I didn't even realize in the last like the third paragraph where you where you talk about Hopkins and Fuller it yeah. ran forever wow yeah forever that's an old that's, that's an old reference that's an old I remember my freshman year of high school that was what the varsity basketball team ran out to and, and that oh was, hell yeah that was so sick I everybody at the gym got hyped oh my god man it was, was uh Drake uh Kanye you'll never get this you'll never get this combination ever again it's it was oh Drake god. Kanye Eminem and Little Wayne. That was on on that track. That was prime. That was so sick. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. So that was pretty uh, dope. So again, props to James. Already having a crazy <laughs> impact of the athletic, showing off his writing skills. You know, uh, not just some great, great AP style, some great grammar, but on top of that, creative writing and showing that, you know what, writing some more fantasy football articles for free really paid off, and he he had some fun with that. So just again. Wanted to wanted to give you those props. And speaking of Kiki today, a lot of surprises this year in fantasy football. I I can't say that I'm perfect necessarily, but you know I I, I do have a pretty good sleeper team, I guess. But hey. there's um there's been there's been quite a few sleepers this year. Who who really sticks out to you though so far this season, James? I think Philip Lindsay for me has been the most impressive. You know, we're talking about a guy that's five eight, maybe a buck ninety. Um, I mean, he played at Colorado, so I mean, he did play for a, a Power Five school. But I mean, I watch a lot of Pac twelve football, and I saw him play Colorado, and I'm thinking to myself, I could play at Colorado. Zero percent chance this guy translates into the NFL. Zero percent. I mean, he's five eight, one ninety. There's just no way. Um, I'm like, maybe he's a special teamer. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's a punt returner. No, this kid can play. Um, and I have been incredibly impressed with his ability to 
uh, A, elude tacklers, B, run between the tackles as well. Um, and he's just been super impressive, man. Um, and I've just been really impressed. And again, and so then of course I go back to his college tape and I'm watching this guy pass block like an animal. I mean, he's taking on like 320 pound nose tackles and just popping them right in the head. It's just like, this kid is, this kid is absolutely fearless. I'm like, holy hell. Like if I saw a 320 pound man bearing down on me full speed and I have to just stand my ground, forget it. Like I turn into dust. This guy's, you know, this guy's squaring this guy up and, like, you know, just absolutely laying a completely proper technique right up on the, you know, upper half of this guy's body and just driving him back somehow. A 5'8", 190-pound guy driving back a 320-pound nose tackle. It's just, I mean, this kid can play. He's tough as hell. Um, and I have been incredibly impressed with what he's put on tape. Yeah, and, and Philip Lindsay has been great this year. So I, I want to ask you this, James. I received... A trade offer to receive him for Carry on Johnson, and I ended up declining it. I wanted to keep Johnson. Am I stupid for that? No, I think they're about the same, to okay, be honest right. with you. All right. Um, you know, I mean, Carry on obviously comes with a lot more pedigree, uh, having played at Auburn and a much dra- higher draft pick. Well, I mean, Philip Lindsay was undrafted. Um, but yeah, Carry on comes with a lot more credentials. He plays in what should be a healthier offense as well. You know, Detroit's going to score more points than Denver uh, week in and week out. And even though his usage is not quite where you'd like it to be, because Philip Lindsay is, you know, um, on the upper 50% of, of snap share there uh, for Denver, you know, Carrion will get some opportunities. And even though, you know, again, is he going to push over 50%? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe by year's end, he's at 55% of the snaps. Who knows? Uh, but he will get opportunities, and for me, it's I think you're I think they're about the same, quite honestly. You know, maybe a, I'll say this, man. I think Lindsey does have a, a safer floor. Uh, Carry on Johnson obviously showed when he gets it rolling and and he's playing well um, that he does have the higher ceiling than Philip Lindsey. Yeah, no, and, and that's that's a really great point. Speaking of undrafted fantasy guys who have just come out of the woodworks, or not really come out of the woodworks. I saw this last year. I liked him. With the Minnesota Vikings, we're talking about Adam Thielen. We knew Stephon Diggs won because Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs, and he has what could potentially be one of the greatest plays of all time last year against the Saints in that playoff game. <laughs> that's I mean, right. People yeah. are still – I mean, that's in commercials. That's everywhere. Every time I look, whenever I'm watching an NFL game, I happen to look up, it's the same Stephon Diggs play. <laughs> but rightfully so. It's an amazing play. Yeah. But you've got Adam Thielen, who is – kind of you know to say it's safe he is making a much bigger impact on this minnesota offense so for sure yeah i mean what are what are your thoughts out about this and the way the offensive scheme has been with kirk cousins you know the way adam thielen plays he is a slot receiver no doubt um and and so it's kind of hard to judge you know when people say he's the best receiver in the game it's hard to say because you know honestly he's not an outside wide receiver, he's not making, he's not asked to make a lot of deep downfield catches. Now that being said, not saying that he can't, but it, it's just his role in the offense is different. So I feel very comfortable saying he's the best slot man uh, in the NFL. Is he the best receiver in the game? I'm like, I don't know. He's not even seen the top uh, cover corners in the NFL. You know, it's not like it's not like like Antonio Brown or even his teammate Stephon Diggs, who constantly has to see the top corners in the NFL. It's just not defenses aren't rolling double coverage over to Adam Thielen. That's just 
So that's just, it's an apples to oranges comparison. Now, that being said, look, for fantasy, who cares? Because this dude is putting up monstrous numbers. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's on pace for like 1,900 receiving yards. You know, I don't know how many catches, but a, just a crazy amount of catches as well. So um, in fantasy, he's been an absolute steal. And I'll tell you what, man, I'm, I am just floored because in the preseason, his chemistry with Kirk Cousins didn't look very good at all. But clearly they were holding back, and clearly they were working on other parts of their offense. Um, and and these two guys, man, I mean, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, it's like hot sauce and fried chicken. It just goes, man, and it worked perfectly. <laughs> oh, man, there we go. Hot sauce and fried chicken, Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. There we go. And, and that Minnesota offense, too. I had a feeling that Kirk Cousins was going to ha- – he was going to be perfect for that offense because he loves that air raid. He, you saw it with – you saw it in Washington, but the fact that they play half of their home or half of their games in a dome in a controlled environment, you could throw that ball up like there's no tomorrow. And you've got Thielen, you've got Diggs. Right now, I know Dalvin Cook has been on and off of the um, of the injured reserve, but once if he comes back, he's always a great weapon. And you've also got Kyle Rudolph. Those are some prime offensive weapons. And then you get a guy like Kirk Cousins who just who's a pass-first, of course, type of quarterback. And those are some great offensive weapons to have there. And if you own any of those players on your fantasy team, well, except Dalvin Cook right now, uh, you, yeah. you're in a pretty prime position, I think. I, I have Adam Thielen in both of my leagues, and I love it. I wow. love it so much. Well, no wonder you're winning, man. Jeez, I'm jealous. I, I need Adam Thielen in my life. And I, Todd Gurley, too. Todd Gurley and Adam Thielen. Oh, wow. The list what a combination. On. Uh, Drew Brees. What a combination! Being, Drew Brees being on the bye week, though that one was tough. So I had to pick up Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz in my two QB league. Don't mind me just showing off a fantasy team. We're, <laughs> we're four and one. Mark Davis is Super Bowl cut, baby. Mark Davis is Super yeah. Bowl four and one. <laughs> there it is. Oh a two QB league, no doubt. I like it. Yeah, that's that? a that's that's a hard. It's got to be a pretty hardcore league. Oh, a two yeah. QB league that's going to be pretty hardcore. Oh yeah, it's 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 pretty intense and it's an auction league too. So James, I know we were talking oh, hell yeah. about auction versus uh, auction versus snake. What's your preference? I prefer auction, no doubt. I mean, you know, it's uh, for me it, it's it's just more competitive and it's one of those things where you can kind of control um, you know your your team a little bit better. Now that being said, you could all you you also end up with a much worse team, which is sadly what I have in my big money leagues right now. Uh, I you know because you because look you really stake claim on certain guys, and if you miss on those guys, you're done. You know what I mean? Um, and that's that's the issue. You know, like for me, I thought okay, Diggs is going to come out and he's just going to be gangbusters. So I put a, a bunch of money into Diggs. Hasn't worked out. Um, I put a bunch of money into Royce Freeman. That's been an absolute utter disaster. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there are other guys like Jay that too? were. I didn't. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or Jimmy Graham? Jimmy, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not Jimmy Garoppolo. I didn't. I didn't uh, because well, this is the other thing. I invested uh, heavily into Aaron Rodgers as well. That's not worked out. Uh, clearly, this team is um, not doing well. Should we talk and, about? And I'm very upset about it. It's okay. It's okay. I, I'll just I'll give you like a virtual like pat on the shoulder. You know it's okay. gonna be all right. All right. It's, it's gonna okay. be. You, all right. What's your record? What's your record? If you don't mind me asking. 
uh, in that league, and uh, in that one is my, you know, the, the prize money is the largest. But in that league, I am currently sitting there two and three, soon to be two and four. Ooh, okay. uh, it is not looking good. Ooh, all right. Well, hey, you know what? Maybe I can give you some fa- giving <laughs> fantasy. Yeah, exactly. The fantasy wizard yeah, exactly. giving passing yes, my please. advice. Or we could we could do something like similar to Star Wars. Um, you could you could be like the Jedi Master. Uh, for fantasy football once again we're just we're, we're just throwing it out here um and, and figuring we will figure something out by the end of this episode i i guarantee that um but yeah sleepers there there are a lot of different people but you mentioned a few names that haven't worked out so james who are some who are some guys that haven't woken up yet this season that you are really surprised about I think everyone on Tennessee's offense has just been abysmal. You know, Dion Lewis, Derek Henry, Corey Davis, Marcus Mariota. These are all guys that, you know, um, fantasy fans were expecting a lot more out of, and, and clearly they haven't gotten that, you know. Uh, I think especially, uh, e- even for someone like Dion Lewis, you know, it's just, it's been a disappointment. Corey Davis has been a disappointment big time, and I, I just don't know what to make of it. I mean, look, they're working behind... They're working behind, which maybe is a top three offensive line in the NFL. And I get they've had some injuries here and there, but, you know, what team hasn't, you know? So, for me, I think they've just been a massive disappointment. I don't understand the usage. I don't understand the play calling. Uh, there's a lot of things I don't understand about the Tennessee offense. They're just, they look like they're completely lost in the woods. And I, I just, having watched them play, especially, especially on Sunday, man, it was just an embarrassment. I mean, you know, you let... Marcus Mariota get sacked 11 times, which is, you know, one off uh, the NFL single game record. It's just, I just don't get it, man. I really don't understand what the hell they're doing. Um, they're just having Marcus Mariota get killed back there. I mean, again, he got sacked 11 times in week six, and they're still calling, you know, five-step dropbacks for him. It's like, what are you guys doing? You know, so... They're just completely lost in the woods, and, and I, I don't see any relief coming anytime soon. And uh, yeah, it, exactly. It's, is there any relief that's going to be coming? That's that's the big question. Um, going back to some other things too. Other things teams are kind of going through. I want to actually ask you about the well. The New Orleans Saints are on the bye week, and they're coming back. Of course, they, Drew Brees is Drew Brees, and. I'm happy, of course, you know, him being one of my QBs. He's being as Drew Brees as he could ever be, which I love it. Right. Um, the other thing, though, too, we've already seen some injury situations with Alvin Kamara. So he's been a little bit up and down. For the most part, he's performing. But when they were in New York, he didn't have his grave an outing. Now Mark Ingram's back. And Mark Ingram in most leagues, I think I saw he was averaging about 20 points. Uh, got a lot of carries. And now he's back into this offense. Do you see any problems for Kamara owners right now, or do you think he's still going to be fine? I mean, listen, dude, he came out gangbusters. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think I think he averaged about 87 points per game. I just You can check my math, but it seems like he was scoring about 87, maybe 89 points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just ridiculous. I, I mean, there was a game where he got 20 targets, an NFL record for a running back, 20 targets in a game. He was averaging 23 touches per game. Uh, before Mark Ingram came back. And then when Mark Ingram did come back, all of a sudden he got nine touches total. So, you know, a third of what he was getting before. Um, It is problematic, and it is certainly worrisome. There were reports that he was nursing a little bit of an injury, 
Um, and I think that could definitely be true. Again, we're talking about a young player. Uh, he's not the biggest guy in the whole world either. So, you know, averaging 23 touches a game, uh, that's a lot for him. So, you know, he could have been just kind of nursing uh, some injuries there. But I don't, I don't know, man. I'm, if I had Alvin Kamara, I'd be, I'd be pretty worried. But that being said, because of what he has done the first four weeks of the season, you just you can't trade him. You know, you, you got to hold on and see what happens. You know, if somebody gives you some kind of godfather offer, then sure, okay, great. Um, but barring that, if somebody were to offer me like, I don't know, like Antonio Brown and uh, I'm trying to think of a running back that I would even take back. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Antonio Brown and like Philip Lindsay or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I, maybe I consider it because again, you know, you're getting Antonio Brown back, you know, but barring something like that, I just, I, yeah, I just don't see it, you know? So you got to kind of hold on and, and see what the, the ride entails. And if the wheels completely fall off, then I'm the type of manager that I will go down with the ship, you know? So I'm just like, oh, God, if I, I hope he doesn't, I hope he's not terrible, but if he is, I guess that's my season, you know? Because I, I probably couldn't get myself to trade him. Got you, got you. Well, I guess my next question here is that, yes, the carries, the passes are going to be downgraded a little bit for Alvin Kamara and just go up for Mark Ingram and those that have invested in him and kind of took him either in drafts or picked him up right under right under everyone's noses in free agency. It's a great move, I think, because Ingram runs hard coming back from the suspension. Now the question is, it, it, it's, it, it seems like it can only be a positive thing. How does this affect Drew Brees moving forward? Oh, it's not a positive thing at all. Oh, really? I mean, it's the exact opposite. No, it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, look, this is a guy last year, Drew Brees, that um, you know I think finished as the quarterback nine. Either way, he was flirting with the top ten finish, okay? But the, the, the reason, it's not because he was bad. It's just that the volume wasn't there. This is a quarterback in Drew Brees when he was, you know, the quarterback one, the quarterback two, the quarterback three in fantasy. It's because the Saints were throwing the ball 600 times uh, in a season. And he's just not going to do that. Not if he didn't do it last year. And the reason he didn't do it last year is because they invested so heavily into their offensive line and their defense, and they had a running back like Mark Ingram that could carry the load, but they didn't really have to throw the ball. Um, As a result, it was probably the best team that Drew Brees had been on in a decade. Um, And and if, if that holds again, moving forward, Drew Brees all of a sudden goes from, you know, surefire, locked and loaded, top four quarterback to now, Okay, now we got to start talking about is is he a streaming quarterback? And I'm talking about is he a guy that maybe you plug him in each and every week, but I think you do have to lower expectations. Um, to me, I think if Ingram gets rolling and this offensive line gels and the defense um, gets back to a little bit of what they were last year, because right now they are absolutely atrocious, but if they can get back to that, a, a little bit of, of that level they played defensively last year. I think Drew Brees and about and Philip Rivers is probably comparable. You know what I mean? And nobody's thinking as well as Philip Rivers has played. And by the way, I think he's a top five quarterback right now. As well as he has played, nobody's thinking like, well, okay, this guy's going to be gangbusters, right? Uh, so it, it's just, I think, I think where you have taken Drew Brees, terrific value. 
what you're going to get from Brew, Brew, uh, Drew Brees moving forward is probably, again, probably more in that, you know, streaming, you know, level quarterback. We're talking top 12, top, you know, uh, top 10, anywhere between 10 and 15 is, is probably what I'm thinking for Drew Brees. Okay, okay. Well, moving on from there, too, speaking of people that are going to be coming back, the big surprise, Le'Veon Bell, who has always been at the top, one of the best running backs in the league, one of the best fantasy running backs, too, that people just loved, had his holdout. But just a couple weeks ago, it was announced that he's going to be back. He's reporting to practice, but the Steelers are on a bye come this week. They come back for week eight against Cleveland. And Cleveland, you right. know, Cleveland's, they, they've been, they haven't been Cleveland. Um, the, the Cleveland that we are familiar with, typically, I will say that. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But I still think, I mean, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to be adding Le'Veon Bell. So, James, how ecstatic should Le'Veon Bell owners feel with this news? I mean, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of hand wringing going on, you know, on this Monday because, you know, as you mentioned, there was reports that he was going to uh, report back, uh, get back in and play in week eight because week seven is Pittsburgh's bye. Well, as of today, you know, Monday, he hasn't reported. And there are certain, you know, speculate. there's a lot of speculation that maybe Le'Veon doesn't report until until next Monday. So, you know, we're going into, uh, into week eight. Or maybe he doesn't even report till Friday, uh, next Friday. And yeah, he's elig- he'd be quote unquote eligible to play week eight. But if he doesn't report, doesn't practice until Friday, he probably won't play. Uh, meaning you won't get him back for week eight either, right? And 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 if we read the tea leaves, I think that sounds about right. Uh, it, it sounds like a situation where Love really wants to protect his body, and in doing so, you know, he's probably thinking to himself, well, I don't want to practice. I don't even want to play game eight, but I'll get paid for game eight. You know what I mean? So, so long as he's there, he gets paid, but doesn't have to play. Great for his body. Good for his paycheck. Let's go. I, that, I, I think if we're reading in between the lines, that's what I would expect. So, and I am a guy that has Le'Veon Bell. I haven't moved him. Um, I probably should have, but I didn't. And I'm fully expecting him not to play, actually, in Week 8, knowing those things. Well, that's interesting, for sure. And like I said, on the outside, you are excited to see Le'Veon Bell come back. I Actually, James, I remember we were talking. I, I, I love reaching out to James and just asking him, hey, does this trade work out? And James is, once again, the fantasy wizard, the fantasy Jedi master. <laughs> that kind of helps guide me. To, to help me, uh, helping Mark Davis's Super Bowl cut my team just continue to prosper. And, you know, I, it, it's not like I'm bitter that I finished third place last year or anything. But, hey, hey, you know what? Uh, but uh, <laughs> going, going back to that, my, my random tangent, uh, that, that's, that's definitely something to think about for sure. And, and James, thank you for all that. And uh, before we get into, you know, our final topic of discussion, I just want to ask, is there anything to best advice for fantasy owners whether it comes to their preseason prep, the in-season moves, you know, what, I guess, is there a formula to success that you wanted to pass along in however however in-depth you want to go with? What is the formula for success for fantasy owners? I think for me, um, what, has, what has worked well is, you know, if you wait on quarterback, 
Um, and you know, you've heard this a million times, but I, I, I will also say this as, as the game is continuing to change, I just think it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to take running back early. Um, and I think that's really proven itself true even this year. Other than Todd Gurley, everyone else has pretty much been a disappointment. Todd, so, Gurley. Todd Gurley has been, I mean, just lights out. And Melvin Gordon, too, has, has, has obviously been uh, tremendous. He's had multiple, you know, three touchdown games. Okay, now, that being said, Melvin Gordon wasn't going until the second round. So... You know, and it's and it's hard to identify those guys. You know what I'm saying? So, but it is actually really easy to identify good wide receivers, and the production even on even on somebody like Stephon Diggs, who who I am disappointed by, is still not a complete and utter disaster. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, David Johnson is a guy that comes to mind. This guy went one dot one in a lot of leagues. You know and and there are so many there, – there, there have been multiple weeks now where you're just like, holy hell, this guy hasn't done anything. Um, and so he's been a disappointment. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott's been fine too. There's no question. You know, and he had a you know, monstrous game a couple weeks ago as well. But I just – I still think that if you're building the best possible team, I still think, you know, go build it from wide receivers and then go get your running backs. That would just be my thought, you know, and – the, the, the leagues that I am actually doing the best in are the leagues where I was picking in the back half of the first round, and I'm like, yeah, there are, I don't want any of these running backs, so let me go take you know, these wide receivers. Give me Michael Thomas. Uh, give me Devontae Adams. Uh, let me have these guys, and then just kind of sort of build my roster from there. So, and I think that's really worked for me. So I think PPR, non-PPR. Can I also say this about PPR? People are always like, oh, PPR, you know, it inflates wide receivers. It doesn't inflate wide receivers. The only thing PPR does is that it expands the running back pool such that guys like Austin Eckler or like guys like Chris Thompson or Theo Riddick are now viable fantasy options. So it expands the pool of running backs, which is what it was intended to do. Um, but you know, the great running backs are still great. Um, and the great wide receivers are still great wide receivers. It's just just a, it's just a mechanism for, to, to expand the running back pool. And I think it's done that quite elegantly, but yeah, we know quarterback. I still think, you know, moving forward, I think you want to build your team wide receivers and, and then running backs on down, but that's just me. James, a couple more questions for you. You've covered fantasy football for a pretty decent amount of time and you've seen, the fantasy industry grow you've seen the game kind of go through different changes so from your perspective to ask this again how has fantasy football kind of changed the way fans watch the nfl oh man i just tweeted this out the other day but there are times where i don't even know what the win losses are on certain teams i have no clue i have to look that up um because i'm so deep into fantasy and what i mean by that is you know like i had a buddy ask me like how are the broncos doing <clears throat> and i'm like oh yeah well you know they're okay you know I, you know they've got a decent run game and uh you know their passing game's not the worst in the league and uh, you know Cortland sutton is is starting to get some more snaps and he's like no no, no. are they good or not and i'm like uh <laughs> he's like do they I like he's like are they good this year or not i'm like 
I have no idea. I literally had to look on my phone to f- find out what their record was. I, I didn't know how many games they had won. I didn't know how many games they had lost. I, I honestly had, I mean, with few exceptions. I mean, there are teams like, you know, like the teams that are like one in five. It's like, okay, yeah, okay. I know the one in five teams are like the teams that are five and one. It's like, all right, yeah, I know what the five and one teams are. You know what I'm saying? Um, and there's a few teams like, the, like, you know, like, let's say I'm a, like, I like Philip Rivers or whatever. So it's like, oh yeah, okay. Like I, I know what the, the, the Chargers are doing or I, I'm a fan of Aaron Rodgers. So it's like, I know what the Packers are doing, you know, but I mean, there, I, it's just taken away a lot of the wins and losses for me for whatever reason. I, I'll say this too, man. Fantasy is like, fantasy is to football what the alcohol section is to a grocery store. If you don't have fantasy, I don't, if you didn't have the alcohol section in a grocery store, you would not have that grocery store. Grocery stores pull in so much money off that alcohol aisle, but they never advertise it. Never. You will never see an ad at your local grocery store advertising liquor. You just don't see it. You know what you see? You see coupons for apples, and you see coupons for peanut butter, and you, hey, go check out our selection of fresh fish and fresh vegetables. But you don't, you're not going to be like, hey, we got this new shipment of bourbon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but here's the thing. Without it, you know, the grocery market could not possibly work. Same thing with football. There's absolutely no damn reason whatsoever anyone would watch Tennessee take on Baltimore. I'm sorry. There's just not. All due respect to the to, to the teams there in Baltimore and Tennessee. Joe Flacco's eliteness, though. I mean. Ne- negative. <laughs> negative. There's no way. If you are, if you're a Ravens fan, cool. If you're a, a Titans fan, cool. Yeah, you're going to watch that game. But what about if you don't you don't care about either one of those teams? Why are you watching that game? You know why? Because you got Deion Lewis on your fantasy team. You got Corey Davis on your fantasy team. You got Michael Crabtree. You got John Brown on your fantasy team. You're hoping Alex Collins runs it in from the one. That's the only reason you're watching. Otherwise, you don't care about this game. And so similarly, football never promotes fantasy. Um, I mean, I say never as an absolute, but you know, it's degrees, right? Like I mean, you know, the, the, the amount of money, time, effort spent promoting the game versus promoting fantasy, it's like 100 to 1. You know what I'm saying? So uh, they don't promote fantasy uh, to the degree that it is important uh, to their business model. Uh, but it is incredibly important to their business model because, again, so much of, of their revenue is predicated on ratings. And nobody's going to be, the ratings are absolutely inflated by the ever-growing number of fantasy football managers. So, yeah, I mean, there's an estimated, what, 35 million individual people playing fantasy football? And that number grows. It's going into, like, kids are playing fantasy football. Um, You know, the the market into, you know, uh, the female audience is growing as well. So, I mean, there's no other sport that you can really say like, okay, yeah, like we're really, you know, getting penetration and growth in, you know, 18 and under and in female. You know, it's like, so fantasy is is really important uh, for their business model and and that side of it. But um, yeah, and I just think it's hugely important uh, to the game and to the growth of the game itself as well. And listen, man, like I'm a fan of football. 
And I'm not trying to sit here and say fantasy is greater than, greater than, greater than regular football. I'm not saying that. I love football, and I love watching football. Um, but that being said, uh, I mean, let's be realistic here. There are certain games I would never sit down and watch ever in my entire life. <laughs> it was not for fantasy football. You mean you mean you didn't want to watch? I'm trying to think of. I, I can't even think. Let's let's. I mean, let's say Tennessee Jacksonville. Who's going to watch that game? Hey, you know, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Like, well, that's actually, true. We did see what Dallas did to that secondary. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to pick on Tennessee, but, you know, I mean, listen. I mean, you know, even if you're, I don't know, even if you're watching like Minnesota, Washington or something, you know, there's going to be a limited number of people interested in that game. But the interest in that game from a fantasy perspective is huge. So, you know, it's just, it just elevates, it elevates everything. I mean, other than Sunday night or Monday night, you know, or Thursday night, island games where everyone's watching, regardless of fantasy or not. Um, I mean, I'm talking, you know, Sunday morning games, like, you know, especially if you live on the West Coast, it's like, all right, look, I could go to the beach, I could go do, I could go play golf, I could go do any damn number of things. Do I want to go watch football? And the answer is always yes, because I'm always, you know, well, first of all, I'm working, but second of all, it's like I am financially invested and emotionally invested uh, in these random-ass games, too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, the the way fantasy football has grown, and you bring up a phenomenal point, too, that I was actually going to get into, and you brought it up. Who's going to watch this matchup that no one really cared about probably 10, 15 years ago? Who knows? Like, even further back. It'd be like, oh, I don't want to watch this matchup, but because they have a different stake in it, I think it has changed the fandom for sure. As in fantasy football, it gives you know you got to trust in the numbers. I, I know that you at Directv are a next next gen stats analyst, right? Yes, indeed. So it's all about the numbers, and I mean that's what fantasy football is. And and I'm a huge numbers guy too. I love 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 numbers. I trust in the numbers and. And that's what I enjoy about fantasy football is that, you know, you don't always have to go for the, the big names in the NFL all the time. It, you got to trust in the guys and the numbers. And that's why I told people, if you can get Patrick Mahomes late, go for it. He's a steal because yeah, he's he in the exact same situation with Alex Smith. Alex Smith is a good quarterback. I think he's doing fine in Washington. But Patrick Mahomes inherited that offense with Kareem Hunt, with – Oh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. It, yeah, that's right. I have Tyreek Hill on the team, too. I have two. Yeah. Uh, wow. Kelsey, Watkins, and yep. the, the mobility, too, of Mahomes. Uh, on top of being a great passer, he can also move around a lot. So he brings a, an amazing an amazing addition to that offense and inherits this, which Alex Smith finished as a top-four quarterback last year in fantasy. So I think you got to trust in the numbers, and you're absolutely correct, though, once again, about the fandom kind of changing. You've got different people watching different games because they, they have a small stake in the game, but it's somebody that's crucial to their team. Say, for instance, Deion Lewis is – he needs one more touchdown, and I, I win my game by, like, half a point. You're going right. to be invested as if you're a diehard Tennessee Titans fan. <laughs> that's and right, I, that's I've been exactly right. I, not yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, James, oh, no, go can ahead. I, can, I, can I also say this about fantasy football? It has made stars of guys that would never be stars. John Brown, uh, right now, there's, I mean, going into 2018, there, I, I mean, nobody knew John Brown. I mean, of course, hardcore football fans did, and, 
you know, hardcore fantasy fans knew John Brown or whatever, but he has really come around this year. And, and now all of a sudden he's got a lot of fans. Those fans wouldn't exist without fantasy football. You know what I mean? So uh, there are guys like Alex Collins is another one. Like he really burst onto the scene last year. Philip Lindsay this year. It's like, you know, there are certain guys. Austin Eckler. You think Austin Eckler would have any fans whatsoever if it wasn't for fantasy football? It's just craziness, right? So like, it, it, and it and it really you know tickles me too when you know, like you know when you watch a broadcast and like it'll be something like I think this was two years ago and it was like oh who where did this Travis Kelsey guy come from and it's like. Yeah, dog, you know, fantasy people have known about Travis Kelsey for a long time now, you know? But it, it really is, um, it, it's, it's kind of fun when you're so deep into fantasy and so you've discovered all these guys and you're like, oh, wow, this guy's actually really good because you look at his stats and you're like, oh, yeah, he's doing really well. And you're watching him play for the first time because you, you never really noticed him before. And you're like, oh, yeah, he was really good. And then, and then he bursts onto the national scene later on. You know, Stefan Diggs is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew who the hell Stefan Diggs was, but I was a fan of his going back to Maryland. But, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, he'll, he'll be pretty good. Then he starts doing some things, and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy can actually play. Um, and so now, and then, and then all of a sudden, he becomes, you know, a more household name, too. So that, that, I think that has absolutely, fantasy has absolutely helped a lot of these guys um, in terms of, you know, I think their 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 bottom line, their finances, just becoming more famous. You know, becoming you know more you know um, ad friendly. Uh, so these guys, you know, these guys have absolutely benefited from fantasy individually as well. And, and another one uh, to, to to kind of keep it short on my end, though, you, you you said exactly right with Travis Kelsey, with Stephon Diggs. Those are guys that made a big splash in the fantasy name, and, and now they're just starting to come up to the public. I'm like, wow, this guy's great. It's like, yes, fantasy owners have known about that. I was kind of the same way, and unfortunately, things didn't pan out for me on either of my teams this year for Juju Smith-Schuster. I loved him last season. I knew that yeah. Yeah, as a young guy coming into the league, the, the reason why he didn't start shining till later in the season was because he was also a slot receiver. That was Martavis Bryant's spot. And he was getting a lot of those touches from Ben Roethlisberger on top of getting stuff from Bell or or um, giving passes to Bell and also AB. And with Bryant moving on from the Steelers organization, that left the main slot spot for Juju. And I knew that he was going to have this big year. Like I said, unfortunately, things didn't pan out for me. And I was disappointed for that because I just knew from what I saw last season, especially when he made that big splash in Detroit, he was going to be something. He was going to be something right off the bat. He is fun. He's energetic. He's fun to watch off the field, too. He's just a, a ball of fire. He is a great, great addition for this Pittsburgh Steelers offense, and, and he's he's explosive. He's explosive, say, just, uh, just in that. All right, James. Um, other than that, though, want to say thank you, thank you so much. The fantasy, do we want to go with, what, what do we say? I don't know. What are we going with here, man? I, are you cool I'm not, I'm not really Because I'm just a big Star Wars nerd. So. Well, I feel I feel as if, you know a lot of people have somehow mixed my last name into things. So I don't know. We're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to workshop this. All right. I okay. Think. Homework for everybody that's listening. It. Yes. Yeah. Homework for everybody that's listening. Come up with a nickname 
for James Coe. Fantasy Guru is already taken. Unfortunately, I can't edit the social media posts where I called him that. But that's okay. It's, okay. it's not a big deal. Yeah, we'll, I mean, uh, I, I don't think John. I don't think John Hansen is going to mind too much. It's fine. Yeah, just, just let him know. Just uh, refer him to the podcast in case uh, there's any issues Perfect. with that. So, all right, James. Well, thank you again so much. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being Week Four's guest on the podcast, talking about fantasy football, the impact, who to look out for this week, verifying that my team just is really oh, amazing. You, thank you. Thank you so it's much. Amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> you, you have an incredible team. Hey, can I take a couple seconds really to, uh, to promote a couple things of mine oh, real please. quick? Yeah, I was just going um, to yeah. ask you. Oh, uh, thanks, man. So, like, yeah, so if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at James D. Coe. The last name is spelled K-O-H. I do uh, – I try my best to answer as many fantasy football questions as possible. Um, my my return rate on questions, I think it's pretty good for, for you know, a uh, fantasy analyst. So, he responds um, to gifts, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, I love not gifts. gifts, but like G-I-F. No, he's not going to oh say God. something. <laughs> I love I love gifts. I, it's yeah. Anyways, so I do a pretty good job responding. Uh, if you've got trade questions or whatever, you know, wave of wire questions, go ahead, hit me up there. Um, every Sunday, an hour before kickoff, if you have Direct TV, it's on channel seven hundred four. It's Direct TV's Fantasy Zone. It's basically like Red Zone. We show you every game. We show you every highlight. We show you every touchdown. But we do it. Um, you know, we 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 do it with the fantasy twist. So um, if you if you like Red Zone and you like fantasy. Uh, this is the perfect show for you. So uh, please check us out there. And then every Friday, uh, my column comes out on The Athletic, and you can look for it on The Athletic site as well. So there you go. That's everything for me. Excellent. All right. Well, James, thank you again for being on the show. And the question that I ask every single guest, and I'm going to ask you, did you have fun? Of course. How could you not have fun on this podcast? It's impossible. (laughs) Any any final words that you want to leave with anybody um, before we let you go? No, no. You know, I just like you know, I just want to reiterate again. You know, it's like you know, find something that you like to do and that you do well. That last part is always the tricky part, the and you do well part. Um, but, you know, <laughs> if you enjoy it, man, just work at it. You know, and, and people, I think, I think people far too often give up on their dreams because they expect somebody to give it to them. And I, I've just been of the mentality that, you know, you don't, it's not given to you. You, you got to go and get it, you know? So, um, you know, the number one thing is go look for work, you know, but you got to be putting in the work too. I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but you want to get a job, but you know what? The job before the job is to actually work on your craft. So if you wanted to be a writer, you got to write every day. You want to be on camera, you got to do something on camera every single day. Um, and that, that, that would just be my thing, man. And, you know, I, you know, I, I've, I've told people this a million times. I'm not, I'm not a naturally talented dude. I, I really am not. Um, but I've worked really, really hard on my craft, uh, to get to where I got to. So, um, I'm proud of that part of it. I, I really don't think I'm all that talented, but I've worked really hard on it. And I always try to tell people the same thing. Oh, he is a talented man. Don't let anyone don't let don't let him tell you otherwise, folks. James Coe is a super, super talented man. Thank you again, James, for being on the podcast. 
Thank you, too, to the crowd for listening to episode four. That about wraps things up. Thank you again, once again, to DirecTV Fantasy Zone analyst and athletic writer for fantasy football, James Coe, for being a part of the show. Looking forward to having some more great episodes with great, great guests moving forward with the podcast. But for now, please go ahead and follow us on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. Also, follow the Instagram. All of those will be at the podcast. You can go ahead and also leave me a voicemail at 312-899-6875. Once again, that number is 312-899-6875. Would love to get to hear any of your hot takes, whatever you got. Please, please, please let me know. But in the meantime, that's all I've got for you, folks. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for your support. And please do not forget, make today the best day of your life.